2: Craig Parkinson, and this is the Two Shot Podcast. Pop the kettle on, and let's dive in. How the devil are you? Yes, it is Thursday. Of course it is. I mean, you've got up. You've opened the blinds, you've thrashed open the curtains in excitement because it's not Wednesday, it's Thursday, it's nearly the weekend, but also it's the t Podcast with a brand new, gorgeous episode. Um, And it's a welcome return to Mr Martin Comston. I can't, you know, I'm not going to say it. I teased it a little bit on social media. There was no point. Um... I've been uh, dying to get Martin back on. There was loads, much more we had to talk to, as ever. You know, yes, of course, he's one of my best pals in the world. But um, when do we have time these days to sit down and have an hour or so just gabbing and getting to know what's going on with him, what he's been up to? I'll tell you what he's been up to. he started a new podcast he has started a new podcast it's called restless natives it's with his good friend and uh <laughs> I'm not going to say my good friend um my acquaintance mr gordon smart who i do i adore i adore them both um it's called restless natives what is the podcast about i don't know I don't know. I mean, I know what I want it to be about. Um, They talk about the ramifications of starting uh, or building, building a festival up in Greenock at Battery Park. Um, But there's loads more. There's anecdotes, there's stories. Alcohol is usually involved, not when they're recording, I don't think. But, you know. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, it's a lot of fun. It's out every week. Restless Natives, Martin Comston, Gordon Smart, The Clown, and The Wolfman. Yeah, look, if you're not a child of a certain area, you won't understand what that means. But tune in from episode one, and Gordon will take you through it. Um, Hard recommend that I'm not just saying that because they're my friends. It's very, very funny, extremely entertaining, and they've both got delicious voices. Um which always helps, doesn't it? I think so. And it's recorded super bro. It sounds delicious. Get involved, restless natives. Um Also it was lovely to catch up with Martin, Um Mrs Compton popped on the line for a time, big shout out to Tiana, Um I was down here in Brighton, Martin and Tiana were at home in Las Vegas and instead of uh, doing what we normally would do if we were together, we should go out, have some food, have some drinks and get up to whatever... We said it on a Friday night and did this. This is the Two Shot Podcast. It's part two with the most stylish man in Scotland, Mister Martin Comston. I'll record that, but I want to record on my on my mics as well because it's so much nicer. That's
3: a bit of kit you've got. I like that, mate.
2: Look, now you're a professional podcaster, my friend. Now, now for everybody that didn't read the blurb and heard the gorgeous laugh there, it's always a pleasure when we have a two-parter with somebody, but it's even more a pleasure when it's one of my closest friends in the entire world and the only way that we can... (laughs) Next is by recording a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Please give it up for Mr. Martin Comster. Yay!
3: I'm how you doing, your big cracker? I'm
2: absolutely belting. But there's one thing um, that, even though we we have a difference in age, obviously, mm-hmm. even though we look, you look as yeah. old as you look as old as me, and that's okay. <laughs> you, you, you've lived life, life
3: well lived.
2: But this year, we both adopted one thing. And it's and it's these.
3: You got the specs on, mate. I had We're, mine right beside me, ready to go.
2: Yeah, when they get tired. So, because this is not a video, this is a, a podcast. Uh, myself and Martin both have our glasses on right now, and I know it was a big thing. It was a big thing for me. I don't know how you felt.
3: I could you'd have sussed you'd you'd have went with a bit of the old uh, Eric Morcom ones. <laughs> 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 you wouldn't have never just went for a normal pair of glasses would you or even get oh. like, a cool one you had to go for ones that go i'm just a bit different from all the you pricks
2: <laughs> <laughs> well you know uh well we went glasses shopping um uh <laughs> me and my girlfriend yeah and uh as you know martin she is uh very stylish. Knows yes. exactly what is what. And also, when you've never had glasses before, and I'm 46, mm. I've never had a problem. But it got to the point where I couldn't read a script. And if we yeah. can't if we can't read a script, yeah, then we're pretty much fucked. And I was a bit embarrassed about it because I just I was a bit. No, I'm okay. I can I can deal I with. I think
3: this. what got me with scripts was. I was finding I didn't have energy a lot of time. But like, And it was my eyes. I was like, I'm getting tired. Is this script boring me or is it it's not? I was, I couldn't read subtitles on films anymore. The re- The reason I kind of went for it was it was twofold. Um, I went with Gordon for a lot, who was going for an eye test and I just happened to be here. And I kind of knew in the back of my head something was going. So I went, obviously failed that. But also, I just had a job called Mayflies and they had to age me up a bit to kind of look about your age, darling. Um <laughs> And uh, a couple of things, and I've never liked glasses for some for. mean, it's just something in my head. I don't like wigs. I don't kind of like. Maybe it's a, a self conscious thing, but I don't like gimmicks, as it were. And I feel like sometimes when I wore glasses because I didn't need them, always. If I, I think I wore them once, and I was like, I, I feel like I'm. This looks like I'm trying too hard. Or, so, then, or so so
2: something to, that's going to take the audience out of it and go, hundred oh, percent. That's that looks like a bit of a prop. There. Prop
3: exactly, and then. So having age up, it was a kind of a bonus in that. I went you know what? Let's let's go and try on some glasses. I'll I'll get my prescription that I got from my eye test, and I went to a shop and then just tried on and then just tried stuff on with the character pieces, and uh, I was playing basically uh, based on uh, Andrew O'Hagan, a, a brilliant and 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 kind of famous author. I was on his yeah. book and it's kind of semi autobiographical. Playing Andrew and. It just kind of it just kind of fitted, you know. And I just felt as if it, it, it did bring me up a bit in some way because I felt like I've kind of hit my middle age, and <laughs> so I. But I, it's weird now, mate. It's like I, I feel like I'm watching the world in three D now. Like I went to watch a football game, and my my season ticket at Celtic is in, in the top tier, and it was a different game. Mm. I was like, I can actually see what's going on. I didn't realise how blurred. Everything was beforehand, because it's all you know. It was Until I put them on, I went, wow.
2: But that's, you know, me and you are two people that have never... I'm right in saying that you've never worn glasses before.
3: No, no. no, Me neither.
2: But me, uh, you know, me and my girlfriend were out, and I was doing... I was looking at the menu and pushing it away from me to try and get some focus. And she was the one that noticed first, and I was like... And then when... I first got the glasses, it was a bit emotional because I went, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I can start reading books again. I can read yeah. the menu. I can do my job. I can read the script. But now it's
3: like, oh, God. Only they do my best? nothing, though. They do do my nothing. In what uh, way? You look good in them. I I, I lose things quite a lot. I, I'm, I'm pretty bad for, for things and and I lose them all the time. And I just spend... Now I'm probably like a little middle aged man just wandering about going where's my glasses all the time. Mm. Um so it's got to the point which isn't great, I've stopped wearing them a, a, quite a bit because I can't find them most of the time. Um but no, they they definitely make a, a big difference and I, I, I leave a pair in the car all the time for driving.
2: Good, good. That's a good
3: yeah. thing. You know we're not daft, like <laughs> when I went for the when we went for the fitting, I was like, Oh aye, so maybe I like these these ones can work, these ones can work, these ones can work. And then so by the end of it, I had all these in my prescription. I was like, well, what are you going to do with them now? You know what I mean? They're in my prescription and maybe he should have some sunglasses, which I was never going to wear on the telly. I like, well, all of a sudden you've got prescription sunglasses. I was like, this is no. good. So I've got like five or six pairs floating about. Yeah, I
2: think it's good to have backups in it, you know?
3: Well, we'll give you a warning. They were a nightmare on the shoot. In, in what way? Reflections, things, uh, uh, anything... I did not realise the amount of times like light would come off them. i into this kind of green glare now and again, flaring all the time. And it got to the point I was just, when the rushes would come back, we were noticing it. I was just like, you know what? I was making excuses and and taking them off quite a lot. I'd, I'd, I'd need to find like a, a specialised pair because I did start thinking about It was taking you out of things sometimes because I was like, I need to get, how am I going to get these glasses off in this scene without making it seem like I'm getting these glasses off?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, luckily, you know, for me, it's like I'm, it's just purely for reading, Mm -hmm. but I can, I can sense already that they, they are getting weaker. Yeah. The eyes, because yeah. I'm just, I put on my girlfriend and she's much stronger than me with her reading. I'm going, oh, I said, no. It
3: is, man. It's like, it's like we've, we've opened, you we've opened up.
2: You have clarity. Yeah, I know, which is what we all need. Yeah. Um, Martin, there's loads, apart from being selfish, that I want to see my friend on yeah. a, you know, there was a time on a Friday night when we would meet up and go out, go eating and go drinking and dancing mm. and seeing people. And now the only way I can see you is to organise a podcast on a Friday <laughs>
3: night. Oh, no, there was that wee time as well. We'd kind of make a, a, a Friday night of just having a FaceTime and a, and a catch-up. But, yeah, you know what I mean, mate? Like, I mean, I'm so proud and so happy for you. You are non-stop at the minute. I mean, you're all over the gaff, just job to job. And, yeah, life's been pretty busy for me as well. But, you know... um Whenever you need me, I'll be there. I well, that's
2: why I know you've always been there. But um, <laughs> look, for the for the listeners, they they want to know how are you on, how have you been? So how how are things?
3: Yeah, good, mate. Um, I've just got back to to Vegas. I've, I've been at home in Greenock most of the year. Uh, I was filming. Uh, I was doing a travel documentary around Scotland, which I absolutely love doing. And then uh, I was filming over there uh, on Mayflies. And then I was out to Bangladesh with UNICEF. Um so I got I got back here and it might sound bizarre to people who, who when they think of Vegas, but the pace of life here is just so much slower for me. It's so quieter. I really do love I love the anonymity. Um I can just, I just feel so more, much more relaxed. Don't get me wrong, you know me. I, I love a bit of chaos. Mm. I love being in amongst it. So I, I do love it when I'm home. There's that buzz of getting out when something's on and people are, people have always been great to me. But I, I can, I mean, I, I think it's a general thing for people who are in the public eye. I, I can get a bit overwhelming, you know. Um, I, can, I can actually get quite self conscious with it, especially mm. when I'm out with my family. You know, you're kind of just worried about who's videoing what and who's taping that. Well, over here, I don't. You don't worry about any of that kind of thing, you know. I can do, do the school run and everything. You're just, I'm just my wee boy's dad. I'm I'm not an actor sort of thing, and yeah, that's great. I can just sort of switch off here, sort of be normal. But don't get me wrong. Before long, I'll be craving getting back to the madness. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, you want one when you've got the other, um. But yeah, just um, it's just really nice to be at home for a wee bit because I've got a mad bit of time coming up. I've got a couple of shows coming out, um in the coming months. And so just uh, the usual kind of press blitz is going to be a bit full on. And, and that's always, you always get a bit of trepidation with that because, you know, you're always, Ed, you say is just all over the papers now and then you're in news and that always just makes just makes me nervous to an extent. Um, maybe it's a guilty conscious of this stuff, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, but it just makes just, it just make do, me nervous.
2: You do sort of have to be careful, especially when shows are coming out. You know, there's recently been an English... Comedian who is stateside who caused a bit of a ruckus in a restaurants. Yeah. yeah, I don't mean to say. And you know, he's got yeah. another show that he's promoting out here now. And it's yeah. like, oh, well, the timing couldn't have been any worse. Yeah. But and there's like-
3: probably, but that uh, to me, that time is not coincidence. You know, um, and it's it's because people there's sort of when things come out, there's there's a lot. Most people rooting for you, but there's always people gunning for you. You know, there's, there's, all, the
2: side of it there's always the gunners.
3: You know. Yeah. So but I'm excited, like I'm I'm I haven't fully seen them, but I'm I'm really excited about the shows and yeah, we'll just we'll see how we go. The but again I'm kinda of getting used to that a bit with the with the podcast. I'm in your world, I'm not quite at your level yet. <laughs>
2: well no, I, I wanna come on to uh, when we spoke about yeah. chaos before. And it's one thing that I love because obviously I love you very much yeah. and, I, and I adore Gordon yeah. and Restless Natives is it's a joy to listen to <laughs> and, you get, you. and you you don't and I mean this in, in the accent <laughs> term not in the other term but you do go full constant in the
3: accent <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't know I didn't know this was a term my friends called me and it's uh, something oh, something behind everybody going oh yeah he was full oh, constant oh. last night I only found that out um, but it kind of gives me... Because I want to make it as natural as possible. And it's just having a laugh here, mate, and talking but it, about... But it stuff. is.
2: It it, it it so is natural.
3: But with that becomes these... Unfortunately, comes the clickbait headlines. And that, again, makes me nervous. Like, we've got one coming out with Warren. Um, our, friend, our friend, our mutual friend, Warren Brown, which mm. was a joy. But we'd all had a few the night before. And I, I'd, I'd had a couple of scoops on the way just to level me up. And it is a hilarious podcast, but I'm like 80% Comston for sure. Yeah. And um and I was like, man, that's the good thing about having the producer, cause I was like the swear count. I was like, I was rivaling Scarface, man. I was like, can we cut some of them out? But I, I again it's funny, but the problem is, because it was like one story we're telling on, it's just like past things, and it was like Gordon was asking me about what kind of welcome to fame and What what, what was that kind of moment? There was a moment like 20 years ago and it was a kind of funny story about this poor young lassie who's somebody who was duping her into thinking I was texting her and then her and her boyfriend kind of confronted me and then it got really awkward when they realised it it was somebody who was winding them up and they didn't know what to be angry. It was quite a funny story on the podcast, but that headline becomes Martin Compson accused of a fair. And it's like, then you kind of go and, and then you read the article and the article is just what happened. But it just it's the headlines and I don't actually think they realise what they do with these headlines because I mean you've dealt with this and they're getting more and more sophisticated as these fake accounts online mm-hmm. Um and I get quite a lot, I mean there's, there's a couple every week and yeah, there was one particular one where a, a few um female followers and fans had, had reached out to me and said look this, this account and it's quite creepy and somebody had been messaging them and I went on mine and I said look this is a fake account. Um, I only have this one account. Please don't engage with anybody other than this account. And I think the headline the next day was Martin Compson forced to deny messaging women. And you're like, the problem with that is I no longer now will go on my thing and say a fake account. It's not worth me going out and telling people. And it's, but I don't think they'd realize that's kind. So somebody might fall for one of these. And I, maybe I should rise above it and say it, but it's, if I say that, I'm just worried about another headlight, you know, and it's I don't think they quite realise what they're doing when they do these these sort of things.
2: No, but I think the it's the only thing that you kinda can do. But if you're doing it a few times a week, it's like I mm. don't really have the time to sort
3: no, of. I know. Keep I know, yeah, I know.
2: keep doing this. Mm. But there's a lot of fucking idiots out there, full stop, as we all know. But there's also yeah. Incredible people, incredible people that are listening to new podcasts, and I've been pointing people to wrestlers. <laughs>
3: Thank you. Man. Now, I mean, it's it's, it's becoming it's, uh, it's becoming it, a fire fest of this festival. idea. well. I just-
2: <laughs> well, the thing is, one thing I do want to touch on is is this is the arc of the podcast, is the possibility of this festival, which, by the way, I'm. All in for. Yeah. However, have you and <laughs> legendary journalist and broadcaster Gordon Smart seen the Woodstock '99 documentary on Netflix?
3: Yeah, but I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Maybe he's kind of hoping for that. Is that um, weird? It's sucked. So- you, <laughs> do you, know, do you know, the... Um, I can see like me being like Lord of the Flies and Greenock, you know what I mean? Bertie's just about on the stage causing an uprising.
2: Do you know the uh, the accolade of most stylish man in Scotland that, yeah. you, you know, we, we, we still talk about to this day, all of us, all of us friends, that yeah. will be, you will be, uh, you'll be dethroned.
3: <laughs> no you're never taking that that award will be buried with me. Uh, you know, me so basically me and gordon had a couple of different ideas that we'd been thrown about for a long time and and we'd said it's it's usually bar chat that should be left at the bar but we've been talking about this stuff for a, for a long long time we said maybe wow. we should do about it so um i've done a few uh gigs for my local hospice uh are going from the patron of, which have went really well. Um And you
2: did something for, that was for the Line of Duty.
3: The Line of Duty, line, yeah. Example did a gig for us, The View did a gig for us, Frankie Boyle did a gig for us. So I've just wanted to kind of go, what's the next level? And also, I mean, I'm very proud of being from Greenock and, and I kind of Ooh. want to put that on the map and bring stuff to Greenock because with Line of Duty as well, we could have sold it out a lot more going elsewhere. But the point for me was the hospice is part of our community and I want to keep it in the community. So the festival was part of that, and also we've been talking a long time for for of making a whiskey, um, and we said, look, and we love this whole. If anybody's seen the the the, the film *Restless Natives*, you know it's about two sort of chancers going out and just trying to have a go. It's and such it's, a
2: it's such a brilliant film. It's a I, great I, film. I, I remember seeing it, and it's so long ago. I saw it on VHS.
3: <laughs> I mean, it would it would be that time. I mean, it was the eighties, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um and we were kind of thinking, is that sort of the spit of that? This kind of resourceful rascals, you know, can we get up to a bit of mischief and do a bit of good at the same time? And we thought, right, let's go for it. So we started kind of saying these outlandish things. But and the idea was, if you build it, they will come. But we're building it, and nobody's coming so far. <laughs> um, but again, when you get into the the intricacies, intrati- of these things, um, we go well between us. We know our, our black books of Of singers and bands and you go yeah man that's a great idea but I've got an exclusivity contract like I can't go this I can't do this because they've got to sell out a venue that holds 30,000 before they do anything else and trying to get them all and then we got these figures in and it's just it's wild so look 100% we're going to do something and I'm going to make it good it's just what scale it's on but every time you know me. Every time somebody tells me no or gives me an all back, it just makes me more determined.
2: <laughs> yeah, very much. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. Uh, but the amount of times Gordon's dropped Noel Gallagher's name, surely he's got Noel Gallagher.
3: Again, that's one where we thought maybe, but I don't. I don't think he's 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 built up the courage to ask yet. We've both roundabout asked a couple of brilliant acts, and they've kind of roundabout. The, the key to it is is getting to them and and avoiding their agents, um, because quite <laughs> rightly the Money these these acts are on is I oh, want but I mean, astronomical. That's, how it, but that's how they make their money now is touring, you know. So, I understand that they don't think so uh, completely. And as well, they, they a lot of them you think because you think you get this, you think we'll get them on stage, but you've got to fly their band, you've got to fly their sounds as their oh. text. So, a lot involved. Um, but I just think every time I've done one in the past, I remember it was one particular one because we were filming line of duty at the time. Um. I don't know if it was three or four. I think it might be four because we it was right at Christmas. We, I think we wrapped on the twenty second, and I had
2: was it series four when it all went series four. I think that's
3: people. I think that's when we moved to BBC One and the figures went right up. <laughs> no, I think it all went to after that. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember going. And I had the gig on the twenty third, and trying to learn the lines, we were double banking, trying to get the show finished, and trying to organise this gig at the same time. I was like, "What are you doing, man? You're driving yourself mental." And then you get to the gig, and you see everybody there smiling, and you've raised a few quid, and you're like, "Yeah, man, I want to do this again," because you you forget the madness and the run up all the time, and then you only remember the good bits. Um, Because I, the brilliant, the I don't even know if I'll, I'll repeat some of the jokes, but the brilliant Frankie Boyle. Um, did a gig for us. And I literally, have, I've still never met Frankie. I, I just text him over, I DM'd him and I said, look, and he went, yeah, no problem. He says, where is it? When is it? And that's the most money we've ever made because it was wow. just, we sold out and it's just him and his mic. And all he asked for, because we, we've got, we, we, look, we, we always fund it well. We've got like expenses, whatever need. And he, all he asked for was pay the support acts properly, um, I'll get a a lift down with one of them. Don't worry about a car. I make a donation to the Great Britain's blind women's women's deaf football team. And you're just like, what a guy, man. But I was in LA at the time while this gig was on, so I wasn't even there. And I was just, the people text me going, oh my God, the joke is just told. Oh my God, oh my God. And I'm like, (laughs) oh no, oh no. And they were, Frankie being like, Frankie doesn't care. Um, he's so fucking funny he's so clever um, but I think when people see the jokes that sort of work is lost in that is he raised us a, a massive amount of money for it took absolutely nothing off us and I'll be forever grateful for him for that look
2: when Frankie Boyle tells a joke I mean you've got to, I remember seeing his last BBC special that came out and yeah. I was so shocked but it was fucking hilarious. It's so funny.
3: That's what his genius is is because he gets his point across but I think too many too many like I'm I'm no comedian stuff but I think when you're getting that point across it's also got to be funny. That's the main thing I think sometimes can get lost. And whatever you feel, and I, I think that in films as well. Sometimes, if you're trying to get a point across, it's also got to be entertaining, or you lose people. If you're just banging them over the head with this message, they can read about that. You've got to do it in a very clever way, and that's what Frankie does.
2: It's interesting because I've been talking because you know on on this podcast, I speak to like varied people mm-hmm. from the creative industries, and every now and then I do try and get stand-up comedians on because I'm fascinated with mm-hmm. comedy and about what makes them tick and. It's so exposing mm-hmm. to go up there on your own. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, sometimes they don't even have a director to go mm. actually, you know, they're just, they're just playing yeah. the, the, the certain gigs and doing the warm ups and the work in progress. Like our friend Tom Davis next year, he's going yeah. out on a massive tour doing yeah. work in progress before he's honed his show. Yeah. And it's such. It's brave. Such, it's such a well it's brave, but it's such a craft that Yeah, yeah. We you know, me and you don't know yeah. about, but I know that we're fascinated yeah. about on the weird door.
3: So when I did the uh the, the Scottish documentary where we did an episode on performance and we take all that in and we spoke to our again, our our pal Greg McHugh, mm. um to, but again, what was that like stand up and there were all, there was kind of little different challenges kind of uh ebbed into the into the show and i knew like i think one of them was to either like go to a comic show like this was in the original sort of plan and, and me introduce them and do a bit and i said look i will do anything i'll jump off cliffs i end up climbing world turbines Which i am not going on <laughs> a stage and telling a joke i am not doing it i was like I, I it's terrifying putting yourself out there like that i don't know how they do it it's 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 masterful, you say. It is a proper mm. craft, but it genuinely gives me the fear, as you say. It'd be so exposing. Can you imagine going up there to tell a joke and nobody laughing, and then going, "Oh shit, I've got to get through the rest of this." There would be nothing worse.
2: No, but you've got an hour. You, yeah, you know, you know, when you've got it, you build up and you do your your type ten mm-hmm. and your yeah. twenty, and then you, you know, if you're lucky, you do a live at the Apollo. Yeah. Which, which gets yeah. cut down and edited. Mm-hmm. And then you take the show on tour and you've got an hour.
3: But hey, if you do it well.
2: I mean, kudos to them. Because yeah. when it's done well, such as yeah. the aforementioned Frankie Boyle. Uh, and the
3: brilliant, I mean Kevin Bridges is I think he's just done 50 oh. nights sold out of the hydro. I mean, that's unbelievable. Bands couldn't do that. Consecutive. It's just consecutive done. nights. Fifteen nights. I mean that's I think that's like fifteen thousand or something a night.
2: I mean it's something
3: else. Especially the biggest bands in the world probably can do that. It's it's insane. No.
2: I mean, do you remember a few years ago, I think Kate Bush did a week or two weeks at the Hammersmith Apollo? Maybe longer. Maybe she did 10 nights. I don't know. How many times did you go? I wish I wish yeah. I, I, w- I would have loved to have seen Kate Bush because yeah. it's a big, almost yeah. sort of theatrical event as well. It was somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but let's just stick the acting aside now and the fact that me and you are never going to be stand-up comedians. <laughs> um, how how are you finding the podcasting? Because because you, obviously I'm- you're there you're there with you're there with a close mate yeah. so. That's good because what you can hear, and mm-hmm. even though when I wrote that email into into the
3: podcast, <laughs> Which obviously, but obviously,
2: obviously, well, obviously you two, your you two mates, and you knew I was kind of joking, yeah. and the tone yeah. was oh, very kind tricky. of
3: joking. You weren't fully yeah. joking, <laughs> <laughs> kind, kind of joking. Yeah, you just reminded us you were the podcast of the year, yeah, but
2: um, <laughs> the fact that you two really bounce off each other, yeah. and it is so natural. And it's effortless. That's very nice and pleasing for us as an audience. And and I'm trying to think of people who don't know you and don't have a personal connection. It it really works.
3: Ah, thank you, mate. I I definitely find like we've done our first one remotely, which is again hopefully helping you yesterday because I've got the mic and I've got the laptop now. And now definitely technology's improved. Whereas before, when I remember during COVID, when we were doing interviews or podcasts. It was stuttering, kind of. You missing This feels a lot more natural conversation. Mm-hmm. It's definitely better in the room. But also, I mean, the last time we did the the potential danger with that is when we did the last one of me and you, I think episode one hundred. Mm-hmm. We cracked open a bottle of wine because we we we're just excited, and it's the same. But again, like I think, me and Gordon, it, we just get a bit giddy. You know what I mean? Like, just you you're getting to have a laugh with your mate. But I do love being in the studio with it. I think that feels a lot more which just feels more like a podcast. You know what I mean? It feels a bit more professional. I do, I really panic at the start of every one going, what the fuck are we going to talk about for an hour? Like, who's going to be interested? Um, and then every one I walk away from, it, going, no, oh, that was really good. But I definitely, the, the, it's, there's, the content gets to me a bit where, I think guests is really important. I think that I couldn't do what you do. I think that's great that there's the two of us. And Gordon, obviously being a professional broadcaster, keeps it ticking along. He can keep me in check. And then I just come in with the odd rant. Um, but yeah, me, I'm really enjoying. And also, it kind of started. So you know more than anybody like with this job. Like cause I remember I was about two years ago, you were saying to me, I'm just having a bit of a rough time. And then in the next few years, you've just went job to job to job to job. I, last year, which was kind of a bit of my cell phone making, I did four jobs on, on the end, and I don't know if I actually talked to you about this, um, but I was really burnt out. and In my head, I was in a bit of a dark place by the end of it. Um, I was just, I'd done three back-to-back, back, and then with, like, a month to go on the last one, the offer for Our House came in, um, and I read it, I loved the script, loved Tuppence Middleton, and I went, yeah, I've got to do this, but I was kind of, like, I was knackered. I really was knackered, and... Were
2: you were you you knackered because of the travelling from place to place?
3: No, it was just I just kind of went because of I was going job to job to job. I was like no time off. It was like every day new thing, and also line of duty had just came out that summer. I think, Mm. and that so that took us to a kind of different level of fame or whatever you want to call that, which I'd never experienced before. Well, Um,
2: it it just became. You know, because at that time I was hosting the BBC podcast and yeah. I, I've never had such, um I thought, what do you call it?
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: It was just an That's... influx of it. It was constant in my yeah. inbox and my social media was going off. And obviously I was seeing episodes prior to everybody else. So I had to keep, Keep the keep the but also slightly impartial yeah, because yeah, yeah, but I had which to have hard, a, which is which difficult. Is I know really which hard, is really difficult, yeah, well, especially when you've been uh, part of the, it, uh, well, at the birth of something. So yeah, yeah,
3: hard. of course, yeah. You feel, I mean, you feel proud of it, you and protective of it, but completely. Yeah, and I just, I, I wasn't used to that. Throw, added into having a young family, which is the most important thing, and trying mm-hmm. to kind of be there. Um, so and then, but at least they were with me. And then when I went to go do our house, and the character is just in this sort of downward spiral, yeah, um, dark, dark, which ends in suicide. And then so I was snackered away from the family in a hotel by myself. But then you get that sort of macachism, mach, 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 <laughs> the words away from me there. Um, that weird actor thing of you start to enjoy it in some ways because you're like, I'm really feeling this, masochistic, sorry. Um, I'm really getting I'm feeling this because I'm and then but I really by the end of it I was like I i sort of had enough and I'd said to the agents and stuff, I said, Look, and I'd get to Christmas and said, Look, guys, I just need a couple of months off. Um, like I need to be at home. I said, I've got four of these coming out and I'd f- four jobs lined up th- for the following year. And then you got a call going, Oh, by the way, that job's disappeared. And I went, Oh, okay, I've got I've got another three. Or oh, that job's moved, that job's moved. And then all of a sudden, those two months turns into four months, turns Ooh. into six months eight months and you're like shit i am not had a job for going on nearly a year and you feel a bit sort of helpless you know um, and the podcast really helped with that because it sort of felt like I was being proactive and I was doing stuff and I was like so when I was talking to Gordon about all these different things I wanted to do we're like right let's just go on with it because I've got time now and then it was a kind of you know what it's like it's a good sort of kick up the arse to the agents and stuff because also i really understand their point of view going look because i've always tried to keep myself kind of private as an actor in terms of like the family life stuff but but obviously if you're doing a podcast you're kind of doing the opposite of that and they're saying look maybe you you kind of want to keep the kind of the mystique a bit and i said well look i've not had a job and i want to do something and this feels like i'm taking a bit of control of my career because look where all it's done is cost me money so far, which I've loved and travel and stuff. But you know, somewhere down the line, you know, I think we're what we're trying to do with Restless Natives is not just a podcast; it's building the brand. That's what excited me about it. As you said, there's a there's a curve to this. The podcast is one great element to it, but hopefully, it becomes that festival for the hospice, and then it hopefully, it becomes a whiskey, and then hopefully, it becomes productions, and so it's a, a grander plan. Um, and that. Yeah, so the podcast has been really good for me in that sense that it it's it's gave, feels like there's another element to to my career.
2: Martin, that seems like a very good place to just pause right now. Uh, let's uh, nip to the toilet and come back for a part two. So you need a pee? Yeah, I do. Thanks. <laughs> no, the thing is, yeah, is that uh, going to
3: run out? I the, Z- it.
2: Zoom's going to run out, so I'm going to yeah. send you another link. Right, uh, I'll, so, I'll put it, I'll put it on mate. It's fine. I need it away. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> let's pick up, let's pick up exactly where we left off. Cause that's fucking yep. brilliant. All right. Bye, see babe. you
3: in a minute. Bye. See you in a sec.
0: This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full nineties throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda.
3: Mate, we've missed it. You've missed That's it. That's
0: okay.
2: Don't worry. Look, we're back in with Martin Comston and we're going straight in with how to cook scrambled eggs. And look, many of you will think that I went off for a wee there. I didn't. It's because I'm recording on Zoom. I don't usually do this, but my friend is here in Las Vegas. I'm joined with Tiana Comston Flynn. Flynn Comston, how are we doing this?
3: Christiana Deanna <laughs> oh, 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 oh,
2: I mean, I'm, I'm down with it. So we've got to the point, we've cracked the eggs in the bowl, we've put the parmesan in, we've got salt, we've got pepper, we've got pe- possibly maybe a little bit of herbs, a little bit of dried herbs, no problem. Now, you put the knobs of butter. Now, you had a problem with my reference. I didn't know that was
3: a camera measurement.
2: Okay, let's, so let's, I'm just, do you see this? See that there in the camera? that's that's my thumb and forefinger and it's it's just it's a little knob it's called a knob that's (laughs) it is a measurement it's a knob of butter it's a cube it's a little square cube put in two of those if it's a weekend if it's a saturday or a sunday get those fizzing get those bubbling around but also a little drop of oil a little drop of olive oil because you don't want the butter to burn then When we're seeing it foam, you get those eggs in straight away and you stir and you fold, you treat it. Be delicate. Don't stir it all around. Be delicate because you want nice folds in the egg. Then at that time, you're toasting your bit of brioche or a bit of toast. Bang, bang, bang. Two, less than two minutes, it's out. Don't overcook it. You want a soft, you want a soft egg. You don't want it too well,
3: I bright. You, I hope the listeners are still tuned in because I've switched off.
2: <laughs> Look, <laughs> that's because been... I'm talking to somebody who I first introduced to the joys of mayonnaise back in the early 2000s. So don't even
3: fucking say to me. And mayo? I hadn't tried mayo to me. I just didn't like the texture of it. Like, no. I like I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a simple man. do do, do, do
2: viewers do you not know this tape
1: i didn't know that i know he didn't try ketchup until he was older as well but i didn't know about mayo
2: so the first film that myself and martin starred in uh it's safe to say it was a meager budget of (laughs) of film and the caterers Weren't fantastic, but luckily for myself and Martin, and a few of the cast members, there was um a supermarket at the back of where we were filming. and I took it upon myself to say, Do you know what we're going to do? I'm going to go to the supermarket, I'm going to buy a few roast chickens, we're going to slice these bad boys up, we're going to get some baguettes and some salad and some mayo, we're going to have simple roast chicken mayonnaise sandwiches, hot chicken. Creamy mayonnaise, crispy lettuce, bish bash bosh. We can get back out on the dance floor and try our best to pull us <laughs> <and we laughs> pretend that we're dancers. Um, and it's not
3: one of my sandwiches today, probably. Oh, thank you, man.
2: And I made Martin this chicken, lettuce, and mayonnaise sandwich, and he went. I'm not going to do the accent. Yeah, because I don't. You always
3: go, "What's
2: (laughs) 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 up?" All right, I'll do it. What's up? Right, you you say, "What's what's that?" And I'll copy it. What's that? What's that? You didn't do that. You did that. You went, (laughs) "What's that? What's that? What's that?" And and I went, "Martin, that's mayonnaise." Went, "Oh, it's fucking all right. Oh, it's fucking." (laughs) (laughs) that was Compton and Parkinson in Stoke-on-Trent. The birth of uh, mayonnaise.
3: Oh wow! I, one of my abiding memories of that job was that hotel, and um, I remember oh, which one? I mean that that first one, the sort of motel thing. And I oh remember, my God, that, and I every time I come on, there was there was a load of spiders in the bath. And it was coming apparent there must have been, like, a nest. And I went to tell the receptionist, she went, and what? They're only spiders. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't remember, I, can, I can't do this for another two months. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. No, oh no. That's, That's of T's fear. T, you're
2: not coming to Star Contran anytime soon. It's
3: fucking lovely. Oh, no.
1: It's bad. Like, they tried to break into our flat this year in scotland and i found like three huge ones in the flat and i had to call my mother-in-law to come up and get it for me and
3: i, and I shouldn't have told her as well because she can't i read somewhere it was spider mating season so they try and get indoors and i thought that would I, in my head i thought that would calm the situation because no, it would no oh
1: Spiders are territorial, so there's probably only like one in this space. Cool. Then I call him scared, and he's like, oh, it's mating season. So his homie that he's looking for is there <laughs> as well. You know, that's what I'm thinking. So now there's two in the, the Scottish
3: space. Scottish spiders, does not Homies. those pals. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, well, I have to get back to work. I love no, you. T-
3: Tiana, oh. one, one question I want
2: to ask you before you go is <laughs> the one thing I've never asked when I've talked about, when I've talked with actors is how how is it when the other half goes away and goes around the other side of the world because of work do you i do i know you i know that you travel with martin but how do you take it on board and deal with it knowing that well this is the life
1: it's it's happening to both of us so i think because we're both going through it together we're each other's strength in situations like that um so you know no matter the length of time we always try not to let it be too long but i know it's for you know his career it's it's what he loves doing i'm happy to support him in that i'm i'm able to be here and do what i love to do um, but because we're doing it together now, if we weren't on the same page mentally, you know, spiritually, all that, then it would probably not work, work. But because we we have each other, then we can get through it. It's, you know, it's difficult saying goodbye, no matter how long it's going to be. Two weeks. I always trick myself and think because mm. I'm so used to him being gone for months. I'm like, oh, my God, he's gone for two weeks. You know, I'm, I'm crying and I'm like, but I'll see you in two weeks um but no it's it's we're I, I think after so many years of dealing with it we're at the point now that we can handle anything and we've been through everything so you know it just works for us i
3: think as well which try to look into the positive so that it keeps it fresh that like, i'm really excited to go home to see her like get out and do things that we do stuff you know what i mean it's like and sometimes you kind of do crave like it'd be, it would be nice to just be at home with the family right? But it's Sort of exciting getting home, you know what I mean? It's like you kind of look forward to I I I feel at times it it does keep it fresh. But yeah. Do you
1: get tired of me if you quit acting?
3: (laughs) No, not at all.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's that's another podcast. Tiana, thank you so much. So love to see you, my friend. You
1: too.
2: Thank you. See you soon. See you soon. Loads of love, mate. Um Martin, we're gonna we're going to get back to our solo Friday nights now, but I'm being selfish because it's nice to see you and talk to you, but we're going to have yeah. to end it soon. But you were talking before we had our break about, you know, the four-month, the six-month, the eight-month, you know, that that gap in work. And for, for someone who's been doing this as long as you have,
0: Mm-hmm. Is that scary? It's to because people you know. because only only because I
2: know and you know as well that people would look at somebody like you and they would think, oh, well, he doesn't have to worry. He doesn't have to worry. He's slinging the scripts away, but that's not always the case.
3: No, no. Also, we we have to be very aware of. I mean. Just the shit show that's happening in, in in the UK at the minute, and it's miserable winters for some people, and it's um it's quite heartbreaking when like my my football WhatsApp, which is just me and my pals talking about football, all of a sudden energy bill chat comes into that. That's when you know people are actually really worried. So, uh, it's you've got I've got to be aware aware of where I'm going not poor me. I'm very fortunate that the job I do when I'm doing it is is now at this stage of my career is well paid and you know and we can afford a comfortable lifestyle but that can very quickly disappear that is quite terrifying you know it's also I was aware at that point it was just the way things worked out the jobs moved um but yeah I think what can and it can knock your confidence a bit for sure because I think what was getting me was it wasn't over that few months, it wasn't like I was turning down scripts and going, ah, that just isn't for me. Just nothing was coming in. Um, and yeah, and and then you see as well, one of the great things for us at the minute, there's so much content. The streaming services have changed the game. Mm. You know, like the shows all the time. So you're a bit like you're going, well, that's coming out, that's coming out. Oh, I quite like that. I thought I'd be all right in that. And then when you go, why am I not getting in the room for them? That... That gets quite nerve-wracking. But then it just, I mean, you never know with this, this game. Like, I I was, I've just probably finished one of the most enjoyable, definitely the most emotionally challenging job I've ever done in Mayflies. And I was in Budapest. Uh, I was in a field in Budapest after watching the Arctic Monkeys side stage at one in the morning when I got an email through offering me the job. And I remember thinking, am I fucking tripping? <laughs> wow. And I was like, what, just the timing that came through and my mate was on it, uh, Tony Curran and Tony uh, LA, I phoned Tony and Tony's like, no, this is happening. We start filming in a week. And I was like, all right, let's go. And all of a sudden you go from going, I've not worked and the thing, you're going right now, get your shit together. And that be, I think as well, it can be quite, it's it's terrifying when you go like, it's, just, it's that first day of school all the time, meeting new people you're on set and you're like, Am I still any good at this? Um, do I know what I'm doing? Do I have I connected to this character? And then it was nice because Gordon texted me just going, How's it going? And I went, you know what, mate? I'm really it's like I'm really enjoying the podcast, but this is what I'm good at. And I know when I'm on set, this is when I feel at home. This is mm-hmm. really it's where I come alive, you know. And I think that's and that has got lost in our job a wee bit that. So there's so much stuff that does come with it and it is I mean I'm very aware that the last thing people need is another actor with another podcast. But it's just the world is changing and you kinda of got to get on board. But I love my craft. I enjoy it. And you enjoy it and my friends enjoy it. I actually love being on set at three, four in the morning trying to make something come alive. You know, um that is in, in terms of my work life, it's where I'm by far is where I'm where I'm at my happiest.
2: Well, long nights can continue. Um Mate, it's. You say
3: before we no, go, go. You didn't just go on a mad egg grant, we were saying it because I made an arse of scrambled eggs. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Look, I think the one thing you you know the one thing I would love to do is to have a cookery show. Yes,
3: I mean, how do you not? I mean, Bake Off and all that kind of thing. Like, Look, what's...
2: they're fucking idiots. I'd absolutely rinse it all. <laughs> I've said it. Yeah, hey, i do not even baker. I said to my girlfriend the other day, do you know what? I'd kill Bake Off. I wouldn't do it, yes. but I'd absolutely smash it. You kill you to
3: know I've been offered it.
2: <laughs> I, I can neither confirm nor deny. Uh my Martin my constant the part two has been an absolute joy. Um well we'll see you in a few months for part three, yeah? Yeah,
3: absolutely, mate. Love right. seeing you back.
2: Man. Yeah. Love you, mate. Take care is done always a pleasure never a chore and I mean that most sincerely um Martin Constant, thank you Tiana thank you but also thank you I really hope you enjoyed it you know Martin helped kick things off for our 100th episode birthday in Manchester a few years ago And we had the best time together. Sadly, we're not face-to-face this time, but an absolute welcome return. And I'm sure it won't be long before we get him back on. You guys love him. I love talking to him. He's an absolute hoot. So just to remind you, Restless Natives, get it. Subscribe where you get podcasts. Uh, Mayflies. Mayflies. I'm pretty sure that's what they're called. Yeah, Mayflies, the new BBC Scotland show, which they're turning around super quick. I believe, I believe that is going to be on BBC Scotland and the iPlayer before Christmas, as Martin alluded to. It's himself, it's Tony Curran, it's Ashley Jensen, absolute powerhouse of a cast, dealing with some pretty uh, deep and emotional subjects. I think that's going to be an absolute must-watch. We're reminding you of the time when it's on. Not that we promote things here, but look, we do things for our best pals, don't we? Do you know what I mean? Um, what else? I think that's it. Uh, I Myself and Josh Pugh, the brilliant stand-up, we're lining up a time to hopefully record this week, so hopefully Josh will be next week. Um, and... Yeah, there's going to be another part two coming very soon and a very exciting part one when a certain hero actor of mine is back from Australia. Until then, I've been Craig Parkinson, he's been producer Griff, and this has been the Two Shot Podcast. Take care of yourself. We'll see you next week. Loads of love. The Two Shot Podcast was presented by me, Craig Parkinson. Recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. The remix of our theme tune is by Stolen Valor. Cheers.